The following presentation has been brought to you by HSF Productions. Making their way to the studio, representing the wrestling capital of the world, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, your hosts of the Impromptu Wrestling Podcast, Tally and Damien. Hey guys, welcome back to IWP, the Impromptu Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Tally006. Over to my left, as always, is my brother Damien. How's that going this week? Dude, this this has been an amazing week. I, I want to say that this is, could have been the best week of my entire life. Wow. Like, I mean, I know everybody's here for the wrestling, but we got to talk some hockey. Well, what's happening in hockey? I haven't been keeping up. Everybody knows what's happening in hockey, and that is the Winnipeg Jets. We talked about it last week. They started the series off with a bang, got that game one win, and one week later we're sitting here talking about how the Winnipeg Jets swept the Edmonton Oilers four games in a row, and uh, yeah, all of Winnipeg... All of Manitoba is is celebrating celebrating that. It's amazing. You know, it's funny. We did that. Uh, remember that project I had to do for school? We did the little radio little radio show and uh, talking about uh, the Jets need to get bodies on McDavid if they're going to have a chance. But if they do everything right, there's a really good chance they're going to upset the Oilers. Who would have thought that that's exactly what they did? They got bodies on McDavid. They held him to zero points for two games. Him and Dreisaitl for two games. That's unheard of. They didn't go all year without scoring two, without scoring a point in two games back-to-back. It's insanity. They did everything right. Mind you, that game three was a, was a battle coming back from 4-1, winning in overtime, huge. Coming back in game four to tie it up late. Go to overtime, triple overtime thriller. Who scored? Who scored that triple overtime goal? Can't remember. What my boy, Al Connor? Yeah, amazing goal. Um, one thirty in the morning, whatever it was. It was getting close to two. Just amazing stuff, and uh, can't wait for the next series to start with Montreal. And wow, so Montreal's forcing Game Seven tonight. Absolutely. If you don't think that. Toronto is choking this like they always do. Like, if, I mean, we have no viewers in Toronto anyway, so I'm not even afraid to say it. <laughs> They're going to choke. No, I, I get it. It'll be Boston all over again coming back from 3-1, right? Like, this this has happened yeah. before. But like I, I mentioned to uh, to the girl, there's there's a there's a really small part of me, and I'm thinking it's like my, my pinky toe that just wants Thornton to get one, but it's a very small part. And for that to happen, they're going to have to go through Winnipeg, which I mean, Winnipeg had Toronto and Montreal's number all year. So that's a foregone conclusion for either Toronto or Montreal. But as we're recording game six, Montreal Canadians, Toronto Maple Leafs happening tonight. It's in Montreal. Montreal's going to have fans in the building. I, I got to tune in to watch. I, I haven't watched a hockey game with Proper hockey fans. I mean, there's fans down in the States, but they don't know what hockey is. They're just there because there's some 
merchandise to buy and hot dogs to eat, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If you've been watching the Carolina games, they got a good fan base down there. and uh, They're all Flair fans. It's the only reason people go. They're like, Flair might show up. Woo! Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm glad I brought that up then. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the wrestling. We have a huge show on tap for you today. Um, we're going to completely skip the news because we're going to get right into Dynamite, and then we're getting into the Double or Nothing predictions. Double or Nothing going Sunday night, uh, 7 Central start time, more than likely. I'm actually not 100% sure on that. But Double or Nothing, it's one of the big four pay-per-views for AEW. Super excited. We got an amazing match card. We'll run through that and give our predictions at the end of this show, right after we talk some Wednesday night a day. Wednesday night dynamite live from Daly's place with a capacity crowd. There was a lot of talks about double or nothing going to be at full capacity. I think they were pretty close for, for dynamite. I wasn't expecting this. The crowd was electric. Yeah, it's it's actually very weird to see events now. We were talking about hockey earlier and how hockey now has their fans back in the United States. And uh, just really weird to see that many fans at a wrestling show. But, man, did it really change what the show was like. Um, I... We almost forget what we were missing, and it was it was just an amazing part of the show. It was, it was so noticeable, and as the night went on, you know, especially when Inner Circle came out at the end of the show, which we'll get to, like that's just chilling. It it was goosebumps on the arm, hearing, you know, seven thousand people sing Judas. It was amazing. It was really it made such a difference. Uh, but as always, Dynamite starting off with a bang, getting right into the matches. We're starting off with Darby Allen versus Cesar Bononi. Bononi coming out with his crew. I, I think we heard somebody call them the wingmen. Do we want to talk about this really quick? Like, this is a... I don't get it. I, I don't really get it either. I, I could have misheard it. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. It... it how can everybody be the wingman? Right. Like the wingman supports somebody else. Like, are they all wingmen for one another? Like, yeah, I'm not getting it. It wasn't an official, you know, on the board. This is what they are, but I think it was Excalibur that that says it. So I don't know. I'm gonna rewatch it. We'll report it in the next show. We'll have to uh, hit up AEWshop.com and see if there's a T-shirt. With the four, oh, four yeah. of them on it. Yeah, that's a good way. Uh, Darby Allen versus Cesar Bononi. It was a quick match. It was short. Uh, much, I mean, we've seen this match before with Darby Allen going up against a much bigger competitor. The bigger competitor really throws him around for a while, and then Darby gets that late, late charge. Um, I would argue that this is kind of the one time Darby didn't win by the skin of his teeth. You know what I mean? Which is good to see. He actually had a, 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 
decent comeback and followed through with it. It's not like he was reversing a move last minute. He put Caesar down with the, the sleeper hold for a while. He did reverse one move, got a kick in, and then right into the coffin drop, one, two, three. So it was really good to see uh, them book Darby a bit stronger than they have been leading into this double or nothing tag team match with Scorpio Sky and uh, Ethan Page. Yeah, and I really thought that uh, Benone did a, a really great job in this match. And I know he's been going through a lot in his personal life. And I think this was his best outing that I've that I've seen him in. And uh, great that he was given a chance uh, to do this on Dynamite. Yeah, for sure. It was good to see. After the match, uh, Darby grabs the microphone and basically calls out Sky and Paige saying, we know you guys are going to come out from behind, so you might as well just get it over with. Um, they do come out. They they don't go any further than the ramp, and they actually end up turning away after a quick a quick word. But then it's the quote-unquote wingmen who attack from behind, which then Paige and Sky turn around to join the battle. Uh, it looks like Sky's going to go after the leg, the, the supposed injured leg of Sting as it has it in the chair, and out comes Dark Order for the save. Stu Grayson like a bullet out of a gun. He almost tripped coming into the ring. He was so uh, amped to get in there. It was, it was pretty funny to watch. Uh, but uh, I'm liking all this. Um, I'm really excited about this match. As they mentioned on commentary, this is Sting's first match in front of fans in over six years. And we're already two or three months out from Revolution. So, you know, it's been a while. I think the... The ring rust may be more apparent in a match that's not pre-recorded and edited out like the the warehouse brawl we saw at Revolution. So I'm excited to see what Sting's got. I'm excited to see how they use him. I'm anxious to see how they use him. Yeah, I'm, I'm really thinking this is going to be limited time for Sting in the match. He's going to get tagged in, you know, do a little bit, tag out. It's going to be quick tags. Uh, because even in these little things that we're seeing with him on Dynamite, he seems to get gassed like right away. So to to do a 15-minute match with a majority of it being him, I'm just not sure that he's in that kind of shape to do it. The goal here is to get Darby, Sky, and Paige over. Like We know everybody loves Sting. So yeah, I think he's going to come in there. He's going to probably get a, a little bit of a... He'll probably get the hot tag, and he'll come in and get some punches in, probably do a, a very tentative stinger splash as we saw him do in the ring. I was like, where's the big jump? But he probably doesn't want to get too much height uh, on them anymore. But And then he'll tag back in, and, and Darby will take over, I'm sure. We'll, we won't get into any spoilers. We'll save that for the predictions later. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be very limited time. I'm sure he'll only have two runs in the whole match. I think it's going to be a lot of Darby getting his butt kicked though. Yeah, I agree. We move on and we get uh, a match that I was wicked excited about as Joey Janela makes his return to dynamite. Uh, this guy's been working like a madman on the indie circuit. Um, you know, he is kind of the king, king of the indies. I, I would argue with anybody to say any, anything different. You know, he is 
indie wrestling. He's still indie wrestling, even though he's signed to one of the biggest companies in the world. He makes his way back to Dynamite to take on Hangman Adam Page. Um, just as the bell rang, it popped in my head. I'm like, holy shit, this is an all-in rematch from 2018 or 2019. I guess it would have been 2019, right? No, 2018. 2018. So three years yeah. in the making for this uh for this uh, rematch, and uh, it was a really decent match. It uh, was hard-hitting, as you expected, and for something that didn't go hardcore way to, to where Joey Janela would really shine, he showed up and, and put on a good show with uh, Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, I mean, and let's call a spade a spade. Uh, just like the last match, these matches really don't mean anything. They're really not meant to be totally about the wrestling, and we're you know, with Taz on commentary, totally expecting that there's going to be some sort of shenanigans after the match. But uh, I agree with you. Uh, it was great to see Joey back in this. These guys work really, really well together. So uh, I really enjoyed what they did uh, last night. For sure. Uh, Paige busted open midway through this match and uh, it was a pretty nasty cut. Like he was bleeding a lot. Uh, you got to think this was a, a hard way accident of some sort. Yeah, he, he got thrown back and his head hit the bottom rope and that's when I noticed the blood after that point. So I'm I'm wondering if it was that move that, that caused that. I'll have to rewatch it again and watch it in slow motion. But yeah, he's a he's a bleeder. He got thrown back into the corner, into the turnbuckle or something. Yeah. 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 But he missed. I think that was, it's almost like Joey didn't realize they were that far away from the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because like usually when they do that move, he's, the shoulders are hitting the second rope turnbuckle, right? right. And like he was way clear of that. So just an unfortunate accident. Maybe tried to jump in to, to make it look, make the spot look a little bit better and had a little too much velocity and. And took himself out. Uh, so yeah, he's yeah. he's gushing blood from the from the hairline there. He's streaming down his face, looking like Britt Baker, Stone Cold. Pick your pick your poison there. Um, he wins the match. Taz, of course, drops the headset, gets on the mic right away to try to distract. Hangman calls it out right away. He knows exactly what's going on. This is very similar to what uh, Darby just did with uh, Sky and Page. Brian Cage comes out. Sure enough, Hook and Ricky Starks come from the crowd area. And we get a face-to-face -face between Cage and Page. And Page really challenging Brian Cage to leave Team Taz out of this and and uh, come at come at me like a man it, from, from Page's perspective. Um, I like this face-off. I would have... I could have did without the same old... Taz getting on the on the mic and and hooking uh Ricky, you know, coming from the crowd. If 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 Brian would have just came out and they had the face on, I think this would have been a really good spot. But of course, Team Taz got to do the same thing every week. So I get it, I guess, but I mean, it really played into how Paige did this little part on the mic cuz he called it out. He's like, "Okay, you you're going to do this." And then, you know, Hook and Starks are going to do this and, you know, all of it kind of happened. So I, I get what you're saying about how, you know, it's just the same thing every week. But, you know, good on Paige for using that. 
Right. Because uh, it really made him look like he's not just a dumb cowboy. He actually, you know, knows what's going on kind of thing. And um, yeah, I'm excited for this one. It, uh, straight on match with no interference from Brian Cage. And uh, I don't know, this one's going to be a toss up for Sunday. Yeah, I think so too. It, it's funny that you say Page is more than just a dumb cowboy yet his lower third red couldn't find the tunnel because <laughs> they i guess we didn't mention that the daily's place was looking uh, a little bit different as they had the fight for the fallen setup uh where the where the two tunnels normally were they had the risers up and 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 getting that capacity crowd in as many as possible and we had that diagonal type uh tunnel so it was kind of funny that hangman's lower third said couldn't find the tunnel i I like that stuff i always look forward to hangman's lower thirds they're always funny but yeah more on uh page and cage later in the prediction show um we had a little bit of a production mishap i was wondering at the time if it was just tsn but it was tnt as well as people on twitter uh, from the states, we're also commenting. I can't believe they just cut off Boxley's promo with a commercial. Uh, a little bit of a production mi- mistake, but uh, no big deal. They came back. They had restarted the the promo, so that's all good and dandy. Moxley and Kingston burying the Dior's in mud. Do you think those are really them? Would they like are are the young bucks flexing so hard that they would? allow $10,000 shoes to just get covered in mud like that. Those had to have been fake. Oh, those were totally like Voigt brand shoes. Voigt. With, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Asics. Uh, they didn't, they didn't look like them. We'll say that they, they look like just some regular Nike shoes, but um, I mean, if they were then like, the young bucks are wrestling gods. Like if you're going that hardcore into the gimmick, then props to you guys. That's, that's amazing. A uh, great promo here from Moxley and Kingston. They took their turns, which is something that we've criticized them before. I think they, they did a really good job. Kingston really sh- shined for me in, in this promo when he takes his turn uh, it, with the close up, And I just, I love Kingston's cadence and the way he, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's that New York accent with the raspiness of a two pack a day smoker kind of thing. And I just, uh, when Kingston talks, I listen and, uh, I really enjoyed these promos from, from them. Yeah. I think what Kingston really does well is he has these pauses between his thoughts. And while he's pausing, he's not just looking at the camera, you know, he's got hand gestures. He's, looking away he's you know tapping his nose you know he's kind of twitchy in that way he's got the hack going and and whatnot um yeah I, i like the comment at the end here where he says you know we may win this and when we do like maybe we'll be the evps and the response by moxley is just classic (laughs) yeah kingston kind of mentions that when the Young Bucks lose the AEW Tag Team Championships on Sunday, they're going to quit. They're just going to quit wrestling. And he kind of alludes to, yeah, there'll be two EVP spots open. So, yeah, I like that comment. He turns around and, uh, hey, Mox, you want to be an EVP? And Mox just, no way. 
<laughs> That's not for me. I <laughs> yeah, don't want I don't that. Want that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, great stuff coming from Moxley and Kingston. Super excited about this tag team match. Uh, I should mention, I, I like that they that Moxley and Moxley's promo, he comes right out and says it. Like, we're not even a tag team. We're just two schmucks thrown together, which I feel like there's a little bit of shade toward WWE in that sense because WWE does that all the time with tag teams. They'll just throw two kind of upper mid-card guys together as a tag team, uh, i.e. Cesaro and everybody Cesaro's ever tagged with. Uh you know, just to get them some TV time and, and help keep them relevant, which, you know, is, is a good idea on paper, but doesn't usually work out. Um, Cesaro's kind of a bad example because he's made every tag team he's had work out in, in, in one way or another. But um, you know what I'm saying. So I wonder if there's a little bit of shade towards WWE for that line. It also doesn't really go with their storyline about being, you know, friends forever and, and whatnot. I guess... Maybe it's more of they've always been singles competitors, but I mean, I wouldn't say they were just throwing together. True. True. But is that breaking kayfabe a little bit? It might I be. don't know. Might be. Uh, as we move on, Tony Schiavone's in the ring, and uh, this was being hyped up all week that we were going to hear the answer from Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega and Don Callis' offer to defer his title shot on Sunday to, uh, you know, help avoid or help get better from this injury that he suffered a couple weeks ago. Um, we don't get to see Orange Cassidy right away as the bastard pack comes out instead, uh, immediately grabs the mic from Shivani and tells him to leave, and then we get a very drawn-out promo from the bastard pack. <laughs> yes, he... Uh... He's quite the promo guy. I like Pax promos, but uh, before we started recording here, I was just watching the clip that was posted to YouTube about that segment, and he talks very, very fast, and then he gets really, really slow for the the super important parts. And um, but uh, you know, classic pack here. I, I love that you know everybody wants Orange Cassidy, but he's the bastard. He comes in, doesn't give the fans what they want. It's just, you know, pure heel right there. Just love it. Yeah, I know. It worked out really well. Don Callis coming on the big screen. Uh, quick distraction as Kenny comes from behind to try and attempt to hit Pac with the belt. Pac's ready for it. There's a quick little brawl that ensues. Um, Pac is about to absolutely finish Kenny, and then Good Brothers come out for, for the save. Um, Lucha Brothers come chase the Good Brothers out. And then the music hits and out comes the best friends in Orange Cassidy and the crowd pops hard. I mean, Orange Cassidy's a star. I said it while we were watching this. Anybody who doesn't think that this guy deserves a spot in this match, he's not going to win. I mean, we talked about that too. We'll talk about it more on the prediction show. But he definitely deserves to be there. He's the most over guy in the promotion. I'll, I'll argue with anybody any day. At me on Twitter at Impromptu Jeff, I'll I'll fight you, I'll fight you on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, yeah, I mean he, he it's undeniable. Like the reaction that he gets, I'm sure his shirts are like number one selling on pressing tees, and 
although you may not agree with his gimmick, like the guy can wrestle when, when the gimmick goes out the door, which it usually does at some point in the match. Like, is there many other wrestlers out there that are a better athlete than Orange Cassidy? And I mean that as an all around, like he's not the biggest guy. Um, he's not the most agile guy, but you put all of that together. Like he's in good shape. He can, he can work. And I mean, he's going to make this a fantastic match. I I believe I, I don't think it's very likely. Uh, you gave him a 2% chance of winning this. I went with the 1.2%. It's not likely, but it's going to make a good match out of it. Yeah, for sure. When the AEW video game finally comes out and you go and you scroll over to Orange Cassidy, his stats are just going to be five out of tens all the way across. But midway through the match, they go to like 95. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should program that in. Like all of a sudden, if you last past the five minute mark of a match, all of a sudden your stats skyrocket to 99. Um, if you want, if you want to know what kind of athlete Orange Cassidy is, I wonder if they'll ever try to do this, you know, in a goofy, just a goofy gimmick kind of segment on Dynamite one day. They should get a bunch of people who are feuding with him and get everybody to lay down with their hands in their pockets and try to kip up with no with no arms. Try it. Right. That's the kind of athlete Orange Cassidy is. It's it's amazing that he can do that. Um so this is all about his answer to the question, you know, are you going to defer your your opportunity? He hands Kenny an envelope that had, he wrote K-E-N-N too big, so you have to scratch it out and, and start over. I thought that was a, a subtle detail that if it was an accident, it worked. If it was on purpose, it's genius. I just, it just fits with Orange Cassidy, right? Yeah. And instead of going to get a new envelope, he yeah. just crosses it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's it's, so lazy. <laughs> it's too much effort. I'm surprised he even scratched it out. Um, Kenny takes the envelope and opens it up, and uh, he brings out just shredded pieces of paper. He actually dumps it out. It's nice that they were outside, and the wind, you know, took it away. took took the pieces of paper away. I think it added to the uh, to the imagery really well. And uh, this triple threat match is going on as planned. So. Orange Cassidy, you know, go, goes after it here as he gets an orange punch on Kenny. Uh, Pac tries to get involved too, and he gets orange punched. Uh, both guys sold the punch really well, making Cassidy look strong. Just just putting that little bit of doubt in the viewers that, you know, Cassidy can hang with these guys. So I thought all that was really, really well done. This was an awesome segment. Yeah, yeah. Billy in the front row with his blue jean jacket and his uh knockoff ray-bans you know really thinks that orange cassidy is gonna win here he's not sorry billy <laughs> he's not gonna win but i mean or orange is gonna add to this match it, it would be a weak match having two heels they need somebody in there to cheer for and nobody better really than than orange cassidy yeah for sure uh, from there, we go to commercial break. We come back. Shivani interviewing Jade Cargill in the back. Matt Hardy interrupts, similar to the way uh, Mark Sterling did last week, as we talked about, giving the same old spiel, 30% and all this stuff. Um, Mark Sterling comes in from the side, 
and we get the confirmation that Jade has hired Mark Sterling and what sounds like a pretty good deal for her. It sounded like it was an offer she couldn't refuse. I mentioned last week, like if these two aren't together after Double or Nothing, I'm going to be really upset. We get the confirmation before Double or Nothing, so even better. And she comes right out for the match afterwards, uh, and Mark's coming out with her. He's playing the gimmick on the outside. I love it. This is a match made in heaven for me. This this is going to work. Yeah, um, Mark is really good at what he does, and I think having a mouse mouthpiece for jade especially in these early times for her is is really going to benefit her and i think they have good charisma with her kind of being you know the very the tough stoic wrestler and being demanding and then him kind of just being one of those wussy lawyers kind of groveling to to her i I think it's going to be amazing tv for sure so let's talk about this match as jade cargill uh, presented the women's locker room with an open challenge kylan king answering the call and before kylan ever comes out i kind of had to mention to you i was like kylan might be bigger than jade i was really looking forward to seeing these two stand off and and they gave it to us they they did a a little stare down just before they lock up for the first time and i would have to say kylan's bigger than jade definitely definitely taller and kylan's in really really good shape i mean she's not shredded up like like jade is she's not a you know a a five calorie a day eater but um yeah, no, sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm not <laughs> saying Jade is a bulimic or anything like that, but, uh, you know, the the, the physique is, is not the same, but, like, Kylan King is, is a, I, I don't even know what to say it. You guys know. I just, just picture it. Just picture it. <laughs> she's in shape. She's, she's fit. Well, no, I just want to say, like, she's a, she's a large woman. Like, yeah. she's. Like she's got some height. You can on her. say I think Amazon. Even Jr. Right? says. <laughs> I, th- I feel like we've had this conversation <laughs> before. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this matchup. Uh, these two worked really well together, you know. And commentary mentioning that this is Jade's fifth match, and the skill that she shows in the ring, even though the lack of experience is there, I, I feel like this is all just kayfabe to help get Jade over. I do believe she does have things to improve on. Everybody does that that low, but she does possess a, a talent that, you know, a lot of people probably don't have five matches in. So there is some truth to it too, but this was a great match. How about her catching Kylan off the cross body? Like, like we said, Kylan King is not a small person and Jade handled it a lot better than a lot of, bigger stronger guys try to catch much smaller guys so very impressive stuff from cargo yeah that that part was amazing um just to to go to what you were saying there about jade i I think if if anyone's going to start off in in wrestling um you know not everyone can do it Uh, definitely i'm sure there's people that fail at getting into the wrestling business but what's going to kickstart you and probably make your progression faster is being physically fit. And she has that in, you know, in spades, like she's, she's got the fit part down. 
the the wrestling part is just going to be reps in practice and i'm sure if she works hard enough she's going to get there so so i'm i'm predicting she's going to be a star the second thing is i'm glad that this wasn't a squash match which i kind of felt like it was going to be and although kylan i'm sure would be fine with taking that fall like that for jade I'm glad they didn't go that way because I think Kylan King is another one that's gonna be is is gonna be a big star in this company at, at some point when they give her her chance. She's got too much charisma and she's a great wrestler and she's she's one of the the more taller, uh, bigger wrestlers out there in the in the women's division. So I'm just glad they didn't bury her on this one. Yeah, for sure. Kylan King, uh, 11 and three record in her AEW career. So after a slow start and some of the matches that we saw on dark, she's been really uh, being pushed when it comes to dark and elevation. So it was really good to see uh, Kylan King get some offense in on that match. We move on to another matchup as Miro uh, handpicked his opponent uh, for the TNT championship. Uh, he picking Dante Martin of Top Flight, and it was it was uh, very apparent by commentary that this is purposefully to get in uh, to get into Lance Archer's head. As we hear a quick promo just before the match from Jake and Lance, uh, trying to hype up the match for Sunday, but they they mention it too as well that you know this is. Giving Dante Martin this TNT title shot is is has pissed off the Murder Hawk. Oh yeah, he was he was pacing in the background there, and I I, I like this little bit before the match. Uh, Jake doing you know great stuff on on the mic here on this one, and um, again we, we have this is our third match now. The matches mean absolutely nothing. It's all for what we're gonna see at the uh, the end of the match to to get us hyped up for Sunday. This match was very, very quick. It's uh, probably, I guess, not as quick as you would have thought. Uh, Dante Martin did get some awesome offense in to showcase his athleticism. But, I mean, Miro just absolutely imposing his will on, on the very much smaller Dante Martin. That super kick near the end of the match, I thought, I thought his head was going to come off. Yeah, that, yeah. What is it? NHL 14? Is yeah, that yeah. the physics rendered yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he crumpled like a paper <laughs> bag. Um, so Miro getting the win. We get the game over. Uh, I don't know. We, we saw him do this to Darby where you kind of start into the, the traditional camel clutch, but he's been pulling it right back and kind of folding these guys in half. Kind of kind of similarly to how Charlotte bridges on the uh, figure four to make it a figure eight. So this uh, game over is like a, an evol- an evolved version of, uh, you know, the camel clutch. I, I, I kind of like it. And I'm wondering if he puts this on Lance Archer on Sunday, how far is he going to be able to really pull back on a much bigger guy? But it, it definitely looks great on these smaller guys. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if he's going to be able to do this on Lance but I mean, the guys that he does this on are usually smaller and seem to have like a lot of flexibility because he re- really stretches them out. It all, it all, like it looks like a dangerous move to me. It looked like it would hurt, but then I'm not as you know flexible as these guys are. So 
yeah, it'll, it's this one's another toss-up match for me. Um, had a hard time doing a pick for this, but yeah, it should be a good one. I'm I'm glad we're gonna see Lance. Man, I feel like it's we haven't seen him in a match forever. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, Jake and Lance come out. Jake cuts a promo on uh, on uh, Miro. Miro calls Jake out and. You know, you wouldn't even dare let the let the dog out of the cage. And sure enough, he goes, All right, let's sick him and sends him on and and we get a wasn't the best little uh little brawl as um you know, Lance gets the choke slam in, Miro jumps off of it. There's kind of like a an in and out, there's a big boot, and then it's kind of over, the refs are out there. I would have loved to see Lance actually just hit the choke slam and have Miro end the segment with Miro on his back. Not to give away my pick, but I think that helps Lance going into Sunday because he's probably going to lose on Sunday. Not to give away my pick, but I think that's a better image. I think you just gave it away. I think, yeah, well, I, I totally yeah. did, but I, I think that's a better <laughs> image for Lance than, than uh, you know, Miro snaking his way out and them just having a, a pull apart. Yeah, out of all of the things we see in this show, this is one of the ones I'm less hyped up for. Agreed. Um, although I want to see uh, Lance... Um, I'm just don't, I don't know what kind of chemistry these guys are going to have and really how this match is going to turn out. I hope it's good though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, from there, Shivani back in the ring, he's got Remsburg beside him. And I noticed that he's holding the AEW women's belt. And I'm thinking to myself, the thing looks different. I don't remember it looking like that. And then sure enough, they call out. Uh, Hikaru Shida, they are celebrating her one-year anniversary of the championship as she won it at Double or Nothing last year. And sure enough, she comes out and she has the the original AEW women's belt around her shoulder. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. That's why it looked different to me. Do you feel like it's too soon for a new belt, even though I think it is an improvement? Do you feel like it's it's too soon for a new belt already? I, I mean, I, I have to be honest that that was my first thought that we're, we're, we're not even at the three year mark yet. And already we have two new belts, uh, you know, one belt kind of made sense and they, there's a, something around that. So, you know, it's not too out of the ordinary, but this one is just kind of out of the blue. It's, it's like, Oh, um, an anniversary so we're gonna make a new one uh i made the comment to you that i like that the the belt is a little bit bigger and it's gonna look good being that big on the body of jade cargill going back to when nyla rose held the women's championship and that tiny little belt like she just carried it basically wore it as a bracelet really yeah, it was a wristwatch. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> the plate, the plate, the big face plate of the new belt, uh, a little bit bigger, still keeping the oval shape, but I feel like it's even a little bit flatter too. It's not concaved or co uh, what's the opposite of concave? Uh, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. There's not as sure. much curve to it. And 
a little bit flatter. And then, yeah, lots more gold. And they said it's encrusted with diamonds. Uh, so, I mean, the new belt looks great. Um, I, it's definitely an improvement. I just feel like it was a little too soon for a new belt. Absolutely. Britt Baker coming out. Uh, she cuts a really good promo here. Uh, I was worried about where she was going as she was referencing this. She said something wrong on the interview with JR a couple of weeks before. And I'm like, what? I'm trying to think back of what she said. And she totally, she totally nails it. Um, she totally brings me back in and it's just like, oh, that was really good. As she mentions that, uh, you know, I can't even remember what she said. I just remember it being, I don't remember. Well, she said that in, in the interview with JR that she was, when she wins the championship, she's going to be the face of the women's division. And she was wrong with that. She's right. actually going to be the face of a new era in wrestling. That's what it was. Yes. And the word era made me pop hard. Yeah, I did. I, I now have my pick for the mystery entrant into okay. the We'll no, say that's it. a terrible pick, but <laughs> <laughs> No, you should go but with yeah, it. No, it's this really was good. good. Stuff. I heard I heard he was uh, let go this week. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, um, I have a better chance with Hulk Hogan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good stuff. I'm super excited about this match. Uh if you guys remember uh the match with Britt Baker and Cheetah around this time last year and Britt Baker breaking her nose um, or Cheetah breaking Britt's nose and and that first image of all that blood coming out of Britt's nose t-shirt, you know, number one seller. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited for this match. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a good one. We move on to Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page going up against Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. What an amazing match this was. Uh, Stu Grayson is an absolute machine for one. And every time he's in a tag team match, which we don't see too, too often, at least not on dynamite, this guy just stands out. He totally steals the show over the other three competitors every time. And this was no exception. Yeah. If you listen to their, um, AWO Unrestricted podcast. Stu talks about how he's actually trained in seven or eight different martial arts. Um, he his wrestling was is just one part of of the the training that he does, and uh, it makes sense. Like based on the things that you see and uh, innovative moves, like the jumping to the top rope off the top rope into a DDT on the side of the apron. I think it was on Ethan Page. Like that was just uh, a fantastic move. So essentially jumping from the top rope all the way to the floor as if it was was nothing. Um, we need to see more of Uno and Grayson on Dynamite, on AW as a whole. Like these guys, these guys are awesome. It it was awesome on their entrance and the whole dark dark orders out there. Grayson and Uno in the middle, where I believe they they should be. It just reminded me, it just reminded me of, you know, with the stage set up and that this different hard camera, and Dark Order in the ring. It reminded me of Fight for the Fallen, you know, before Dynamite was ever a thing. You know, we're getting we're building up to this huge match and all out as 
you know, Dark Order comes out and and attacks Hangman Adam Page and 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 uh, Chris Jericho is hidden as one of the creepers, you know, and it was just I I miss the old Dark Order in some ways, the the emphasis on Dark Order. I I love Dark Order now. They're very very funny and they're very entertaining, but I think they should start slipping back to the darkness a little bit. Yeah, I think uh you know, Silver and Reynolds really changed the dynamic of this team and then with the loss of uh Brody um it, you know is totally kind of flipped on its head and they have plans based on the unrestricted podcast. They have plans for where dark order is going to go and uh, members they are going to have. And um, I wonder if it's all going to maybe start with, with 99 coming back. That's, that's where Wait I'm until leaning. that happens. That's where yeah. I'm leaning. 99 comes back and she has a different attitude and she starts whipping these guys into shape and, Perhaps 99 becomes the unspoken leader. I think her first order of business is going to get rid of Hangman. <laughs> yeah. That'll be good. Yeah, that'll that'll be, good. be good. Uh, as we get into our last segment, it they didn't really... Did they refer to this tag team match as the main event? I totally missed that. But we were getting really late into the show, and I'm like... Like what's what's the main event here going? But this ends up being the main event. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page actually uh, getting the win here. Of course, as they're gonna be heading into Double or Nothing. Dark Order isn't obvious choice for the win there. Um, Page and uh, Page cuts a promo on Darby and Sting. Of course, Darby and Sting uh, come out. Darby flanked by all these. Um, I don't know. The, I'm sure they were just the kids from the Nightmare Factory. As we saw them come out with uh, Cody. Oh, I totally missed that segment. Oh, well. That was a boring segment anyways. Uh, we'll mention it after here. Uh, Sting was under one of the masks and uh, peeled it off. There's a quick little brawl. I mean, we already saw this earlier in the night. I don't know why we're getting it again. This was a really confusing spot. Yeah, at, at this point of, of the show, and I'm looking at the time, and I'm thinking, okay... We're hyping up this match again. Like if any one of these stories, if we looked at how much this, the story has progressed, like these guys have had a lot of time. Like, I feel like it's been a solid month of Scorpio and, and uh, Ethan, you know, attacking Darby and, and Sting. Where's the young bucks? Like where's the, I, I, I guess earlier we had, moxley and kingston but like where are we hearing from from the young bucks i felt like 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 that was really really missing from this um we also really didn't get any any talking about this uh battle royal that we're gonna see at double or nothing so i don't know it, it, it i thought it was weird too um Real quickly, just want to give a shout out to Ethan Page here doing the Ego's Edge on Evil Uno. Amazing show of strength here. It looked absolutely fantastic for the, the ending of this match. Didn't look like he struggled at all. 
I mentioned it with Jade Cargill, how she handled the much bigger Kylan King with ease. Ego, Ethan Page handling Uno with holding him over his head, stalling, and then throwing him across the ring in the Eagle's edge. He does that move really well. Is this move like exactly like the Razor's edge? Yeah, the only... Like there's nothing different about it? The only thing different would be is that um, Scott Hall would go to his knees for the slam. You know, he kind of brought him all the way down to the, to the canvas where Ethan Page kind of just throws them and they take their back bump. So that would be the only small difference. But I mean, the setup's the same. You know, he would do it from a power bomb position. He would do it, you know, just as they were dazed and get in behind them or whatever. But it's it's the same move. It's the exact same move. Okay, let's go back in time here since I totally missed probably 20 minutes of the show here. Uh, Rhodes and Agogo coming out to do the weigh-in hosted by Paul White. Uh, this was... This started off good with, you know, fact, the, the factory coming out, QT on the mic, running his mouth, Paul White just not having anything of it. And then you get Cody coming out with the entire Nightmare family, minus Brandy Rhodes for obvious reasons. Um, his sister was there. I've never seen her on camera before. So that was neat to see. Uh, Velvet's there. Dustin's there. Arn's there, and then we have the Nightmare Factory um, students, I guess you would say, lining the ramp for him. This was a really cool moment until the actual weigh-in happened. And I don't know how they didn't just do this UFC style. I mean, it's wrestling. They could have said they were 260 and 270. No one was going to doubt that. You know what I mean? That's like That wasn't the important part. So the fact that Paul White was taking so much time to actually weigh these guys on a balanced scale in a ring that's on springs and and you know what I mean that's not a stable setting I when, when you think back to when when Moxley and Jericho did the weigh-in remember that like they didn't dick around with any of this it was just they did their show and then they announced the weight like that's how it should have been done yeah, I mean, it just it just takes away from the segment. Uh, it's it's boring. Um, no one was like, no one stepped up really, if I remember correctly, to like interact with the fans to like like get something going with it. Feel like it wasn't planned out well enough. And we've commented on this before. Great on AEW for not having a script and scripting the whole damn show. But sometimes I feel like it, there needs to be at least a little bit of a plan, huddle together, get it figured out, do a trial run if that's what it needs to be. But yeah, we got Big Show with his back to the camera, dicking around with the with the scale. It, it made absolutely no sense. The camera was never going to be close enough to see that 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 you know the little lever was actually balanced. So, I mean, you could still put the back to the camera. You do, you slide the weights around a little bit and then you're like, okay, he's 218. And then the crowd cheers. Like it could have been that yeah, quick. I mean, the, the fans behind them couldn't see shit because of those flags. <laughs> right. So <laughs> who planned what that? What were they of? worried about? <laughs> yeah. It, it, the whole thing was, was really bad. Um, 
unfortunate situation for Anthony Agogo as when he strips down for his turn on the on the scale, he's wearing his Union Jack boxers and the crowd. You don't wear something like that with 7,000 people in the crowd. This might have been uh, better suited for a situation where there was no fans in the crowd, but uh, the crowd chanting Austin Powers. Uh, we we You mentioned it. You, you were the one who said, what is this, Austin Powers? And then sure enough, the crowd the crowd started chanting it. I was like, holy shit, they're actually chanting this. Um, so Anthony Agogo, I wonder how he... Uh, he reacted well to it. He didn't acknowledge it at all. But... Uh, that's got to be in his head a little bit. All right, uh, I I know we're not at the predictions yet, but I want to I want to take one of my bonus points is that we will see in the crowd at least one penis pump during that match. Interesting. All right, locked in. All right. Uh, from there we headed into uh, okay, so official weigh in: Cody two eighteen, Anthony Agogo two nineteen. I'm actually somewhat surprised they didn't go with stones here just to throw that in there like they, they like they do sometimes right. but they kept it they kept it American 219 pounds for a gogo uh 218 for the American dream this is the first time we we officially heard Cody announced as the American dream as it's the one weekend only type situation um so from there bad bad segment didn't flow right they they definitely could have um could have uh, planned this one out a little bit more. We get into a quick stadium stampede hype video, which was really good. Um, getting me amped up for that uh, really quick. We'll talk about that more in just a second. We go backstage. It's interrupted. Christian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs fighting in like a storage locker somewhere in the arena somewhere. I really liked this. This was the one little call out to the Casino Battle Royale. This was the one little thing. Um, not that these two are the most important parts of the Casino Battle Royale. I feel like they're, they're well, I mean, yeah, they are, but <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like we, we've seen in the past where everybody who's kind of involved in the Casino Battle Royale ends up in some kind of big brawl pull apart. I was, I guess I was just expecting that. Yeah, we do. We do usually have that on the go home show, right? Just utter yeah. chaos as everybody comes out. Um, th this was a good backstage fight. I feel between these two guys and, uh, there was one moment you popped hard. I accidentally, I don't know if I sneezed and then I looked away. Uh, I have to go back and watch that. Uh, I don't know if you want to just talk about that part real quick. I don't even remember what you're talking about. I remember popping hard for something. Uh, I don't remember what it was. Cage hit, uh, Hobbs with, uh, Oh yeah. So like there was, um, or something. Yeah. There was like, uh, like a velvet rope post or something, you know, that you would tie some ropes around to, to like, like a retainer of some sort. So it's just this pole and he smoked him so hard in the gut, the thing broke in half and the little, oh, wow. the, the little circle base like went flying into the chain link fence, fence that was behind them. It looked, it sounded nasty. It looked nasty. I think you even hear Hobbs go, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, <laughs> it was a good spot. Yeah. That totally popped me hard. It looked really good. This was a, like the brawl itself is really good and it's really exciting. But when he, when this is all we get for the casino battle Royale buildup, it's lacking there. Do you think that there's a chance that these are the final two? Uh, very the, good uh, shot. Very good yeah. shot. Um, final four for sure. 
but we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, we saw the stadium stampede hype package in this segment. Fast forward back to the end of the show. Eric Bischoff coming out to the ring. Um, he's introducing, you know, this this celebration of life. I guess is what they're what they're doing a celebration of the of the the past year and a half that is that was inner circle. Um, Santana back with the boys. The crowd here singing Judas. It's it's something we haven't heard in in well over a year now. This this was up there with Judas singalongs. Um, the only one that comes comparable is the one that was actually on the ship, on the cruise ship, on the Jericho cruise. That first sing along we ever had. This is the one. This is the one that kind of compares to it. Like it was really good. It was just so awesome just to hear those seven thousand fans in attendance singing along. Goosebumps. I had to do the rock at one moment because you you just felt it. It was awesome. Yeah, I and I think for those people that probably normally wouldn't sing along, it was just maybe therapeutic to sing along just you know things are getting a little bit back to normal in the united states and um you know just to to be able to do a a a normal thing um yeah it was just an amazing moment and i'm sure those guys were feeling the goosebumps jericho seemed to be soaking it in man as as he used to say he was drinking it in drink it in man (laughs) um so Bischoff talks a little bit. Uh, everybody gets their turn on the mic, uh, talking about what the inner circle has meant to them. This leads into a video package of all the highlights uh, of the inner circle. You know, from the beginning, there's a lot of awesome spots there. Um, rightfully so, they they omitted Sammy getting uh, killed by the. Uh, <laughs> By the go-kart and Matt Hardy. I wonder why they didn't put that one in there. But uh no, it was it was a really good um it was a really good package. And the way these guys were talking are putting a lot of doubt, at least in my mind, of how the stadium stampede's gonna go. I had a pretty sure pick, you know, before Dynamite, but after I like I've been thinking about it all night. I wonder I won't I won't be surprised either way they go without trying to give away my pick. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um I I think that's what this whole thing was about is just to to maybe add some mystery to what this stadium stampede is, is going to be about. And, uh, you know, on the one hand, you're thinking there's no way inner circle can break up. They're, they're one of the biggest and, uh, or factions in the entire company. But, uh, when you look at it very easily, you know, Jericho has other outside things that he could be going and doing. He also has this, this injury, uh, Jake Hager has outside stuff Sammy is originally a singles competitor and can hold his own. Uh, and so can um, Ortiz and Santana. Like, you know, they, they should be the top of the, the tag team division. They could make a run at the Young Bucks. Um, so very easily these guys could disband and maybe come together again at some point. It, it's not going to hurt anybody. I don't think anybody is going to lose out if Inner Circle breaks up. We'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, 
after the video package is over, the big screen comes on. There's MJF as he has Dean Malenko tied up to the goalposts uh, on the football field, challenges inner circle to to come and uh, save him. And, you know, they're running through the, the concourse at Daly's Place there, and I was like, oh, this is a trap. I even did my very horrible Admiral Akbar impression uh, before it, and sure enough, there goes the, the, the trap is sprung, Sean Spears attacking, FTR attacking, and we get an absolute decimation of the inner circle. Um, really cool spot with uh, uh, FTR on Proud and Powerful, double pile drivers through tables. Dax doesn't really get Santana into the middle of the table, and uh, they have a nasty, a nasty little uh, bump as uh, Dax got up and he was limping a little bit after that. Uh, I I think his back scraped across the little platform that they jumped off of, honestly. Uh, Sean Spears, big chair shot on uh, Sammy Guevara, and he kind of just leans up against the the wall of the bleachers there, and uh, he's got a a new shirt, Canadian God. I want it. it. It looked good. I already got it on order. Nice. Can't wait to steal it from you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this this beatdown, this absolute decimation of the inner circle somewhat brings me back to my original pick without uh, trying to give anything away. But uh, super pumped for, for Stadium Stampede. As a go-home show overall, this is probably the one of the better ones that that AEW has put on. AEW has been notorious for very boring segment heavy um go home shows before, but this one although also segment heavy and the one real stanker of the of the way in. This was a really good go home show and I'm going into Sunday tomorrow night very excited about what we're going to see. Yeah, I think what they did better was instead of just doing all of the hype ups and the progression of the story through segment, they threw in a a nothing match and then did the after the match stuff, which I think works better. You're more invested into it than just watching, you know, four or five segments in a row. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. This Sunday, Double or Nothing 2021 goes. This is our official prediction show. We got a quick run through of the card as a match was added last night on Dynamite. The buy-in will be an NWA Women's World Championship match as Serena Deeb takes on Riho. We go right into the Casino Battle Royale. We'll uh, go through all the contestants uh, in a bit. Hangman Adam Page will take on Brian Cage, Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo, Inner Circle versus The Pinnacle in a stadium stampede match, and then all our championship matches, TNT Championship, Miro versus Lance Archer, AEW Tag Team Championships, Young Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston, AEW Women's Championship, Sheeta versus Britt Baker, DMD, and the AEW World Championship, Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac. It's, it's a stacked card. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait. Let's talk about our predictions. Who's going first? 
<laughs> are we doing uh, rock, paper, scissors again? No, that never works out. Um, you won revolution, so I think uh, you get the advantage. But then you have a bonus point going for you. So maybe I, maybe, oh, I'm maybe sure you should have go about first. four or five bonus points. Okay. <laughs> I have some in mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're doing the buy-in, Serena Deeb versus Rio. I am going to pick Serena Deeb. I, I don't feel like this is her time to change the title, nor is it time for maybe the title to go away from NWA. Even further? Yeah. So I'm going to pick Deeb. I'm also picking Deeb. I don't I don't see how Riho takes the belt off of her. I think this is just a match to set up to showcase the NWA Women's Championship. Uh, these two had a really good match in the uh, Women's World Title Eliminator Tournament. And I think with it being on the buy-in, they can go. They can let them go a little bit longer. So I think we're going to get like a fifteen to twenty-minute match here. Uh, really going to show off these two women, but uh, Deeb essentially will retain here. That leads us into the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, we have twenty confirmed contestants. I'll read through them in the second, and we we'll also have a mystery entrant. So there's two points on the line in this match to pick the winner and a mystery entrant. I still don't know who I'm going to pick for that, but let's read through the confirmed uh, competitors. We have Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Penta El Zero Merido, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Isaiah, Isaiah Cassidy, The Blade, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Preston Vance, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, Dustin Rhodes, and Lee Johnson. And, of course, that uh, Joker is yet to be set. Uh, I guess that goes my turn. I think the clear-cut winner, it's been building for, you know, ever since he appeared at Revolution, it's got to be Christian Cage. Um, there's just no doubt in my mind. It it. Edge got the Royal Rumble win and went and went on for a big title match at WrestleMania. I, I just think they totally rip it off here, and Christian Cage does the same thing. Wins the Battle Royale, goes on for a championship match. Yeah, I totally agree. Out of everyone that's in this list, maybe Powerhouse Hobbs would would make sense. Maybe a QT Marshall, just kind of being the the head of his faction there, but really nobody else here makes sense. And, uh, that, that first promo that we got from Christian cage, he said he's here for, for one thing. And, and, and that's the, the championship. So, um, I'd be very shocked if it wasn't Christian cage. Right. For sure. For sure. Um, mystery entrant. Uh, I still have really no idea. I don't want to leave things too broad. I think it's going to be somebody from impact. So I'm going to go with my pick. I mean, it just popped in my head as soon as I said that. Sammy Callahan, mystery entrant into the Casino Battle Royale. Um, fuck, there's a really good chance he might pull it off. If him and Cage were, if, if, if it was him. But uh, I'll stick with Christian Cage winning. Sammy Callahan, mystery entrant. Well, um... I mean, it's it's if it wasn't apparent before that we're brothers, um, then this is going to make it absolutely apparent as <laughs> my mystery pick is also Sammy Callahan. 
Um, and, and it's really just based on what we, we've been seeing on impact with, uh, the most vocal person in impact about this whole kind of Omega invasion has been Sammy Callahan in an impact, uh, you know, he's kind of holding the flag for them to, to keep their championships and their own business in their own company. So, uh, yeah, I think if it's anybody, it could be Sammy Callahan. Uh, I, I agree with you that it would make sense if he actually won this, that that would be cool. And, um, I mean, I think even Moose could make an appearance here, I think would be, would be really cool. Or my other thought was W Morrissey. Um, since he doesn't really have a huge contract, it's someone recognizable that even the non-impact fans would probably know. Right. But I'll, I'll stay with Sammy Callahan. Interesting. We did not talk about this beforehand. We've been pretty tight lipped no, with each I other was, for the mystery. I don't know injuries. if you saw my face when, <laughs> when you said that. I'm like, ah, I thought maybe I might have one over you on that one. No, it just makes sense, right? We're, we're tied up so far uh here's where things might get a little different adam hangman page versus brian cage apparently team taz will not be uh present out there they're 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 being told to stay in the back for this one what are your thoughts um i mean like i said earlier in the show this is this is kind of a toss-up i i could see this one going either way and, and making stories about it i think i think this one's going to be adam page I, I just think that a, a loss here is going to hurt him unless it's like a, you know, really kind of dirty win for Brian Cage. I, I just think that this is probably where we're going to see the breakup of, of uh, Brian Cage from Team Taz. And uh, it's a good place to do it. I like that they waited until this point if, if this is when they choose to do it. So... I think Paige will will end that relationship, uh, Team Taz. I completely agree, 100%. I'm going with Adam Page as well. It it I mean, I know AEW is not necessarily about 50-50 booking, but with the way Cage went over on Page a, a month ago there, um, the, the story going in the way that Team Taz will be in the back, they won't be a part of this match, I don't see Team Taz... Sticking to that, I think they they go rogue. They're going to come out. They're going to cost Cage the match in some way. Page wins, and that's what's going to lead to Cage saying, I've had enough of this. You guys are dragging me down, blah, 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 blah. But I hope he takes the Fugazi title with him, and then we get some good matches, you know, Starks versus Cage, Hobbs versus Cage. I, I still think Taz might get involved somehow down the road, but yet to be seen. But they're going to, Team Taz is going to be coming after that Fugazi world title. I like it. Uh, Sting and Darby versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. If we both say the same person on this one or the same team on this one, it's pretty much going to be a tie for the rest of the show, I think. Um, I'm going with Sky and Page. I think we've built them up to a point where if they lose to you know, the legend and, uh, you know, a smaller guy, we'll say, uh, no offense to Darby Allen, 
But uh, I think it just absolutely kills their momentum. Now they can use that to split these guys back up and then they can have the proper solos runs that they should have. But I think they're gonna they're gonna ride this one all the way through and uh, Sky and Page taking it. Okay. Um yeah, I'm I'm taking Sky and Page wow. as well, just because it it makes the last month of wrestling that part of the show just absolutely utterly useless. Right. And um in the the promo by Sky this week, he he talks about um defeating the legend and making two other ones. So um with that I think um it it's gotta be them. Um, I do. I never thought of your your point of maybe splitting them up in this being a way to do that. So uh, I might have considered staying in Darby if I had thought of that, but uh, I, I think it has to be Sky and Page. Uh, I just think it's it will leave people befuddled if if they don't do it this way. Right, I agree. Moving on, Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. This is another coin flip. They can really go either way. You're up. Um, so I had a, a lot of issues with choosing this one just because it can go either way. But I'm going to use uh, a bit of uh, kayfabe here to say that uh, Brandy's going to be due soon. I think Cody's going to be leaving the show and it just makes sense to go over on a go-go with this one and if Cody wins it just again makes this whole punch and this personality that they built up for a go-go here it'll just destroy him like I don't think he'll ever be taken seriously after it so yeah, I think it has to be a go-go. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I was completely torn with those, this one. It, it truly is a coin flip when it comes to professional wrestling. They can really go either way. Um, I like what you said. This is exactly my thoughts with with uh, Brandy being due soon. Cody probably going to take some time off to to be a to be a good dad and 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 be there when uh, Brandy needs help with it. Um, so it makes sense for Anthony Agogo to win here. Uh, that punch will lead to an injury. The only thing, the thing that really makes it hard not to pick Cody here is this whole American dream business. Why go through all this hype? The, the, the name, the phrase American dream is still tied up in, uh, I think the word is like litigation. Like they're still fighting over um, the trademark with with WWE. Uh, Cody just recently got his last name back from WWE, and now he's trying to fight for his dad's. Uh, I guess there was an agreement that there was going to be this one weekend thing, but why go through all that trouble if you're just going to lose? But I think the baby wins here, and... Uh, Anthony Agogo, I'll pick Anthony Agogo. It's more for QT. 
and the factory as a whole than it is for a go-go. Yeah. I'll be totally honest. I, I didn't even consider this whole American angle in the, the whole American dream thing. Um, is that, that right there makes it feel like, well, you know, it could totally be Cody, but, but in that it, it reminds me of like Rocky four, like Rocky four is not a great movie because the Russian is beat in the first match. He absolutely destroys the American. We hate the Russian. And then we get the, the, the good part at the end. Right. So I, I think that's what this is going to be. It's a, it's a setup to make, you know, Anthony Ogogo just ultra heel beats the American rubs it in their faces. They're going to be booing so hard right. on Memorial day weekend. Right. <laughs> and nonetheless, and when Cody comes back, that's that's where Rocky's going to win. Yeah. New and improved. He's going to have another 20 pounds of muscle on him. And a tattoo yeah. on the other side of his and neck. And the yeah. tattoo on the other side of his neck, yeah. Uh, Kate, let's move on. Stadium Stampede match. Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. This is another toss-up they can really go either way here we talked about it a little bit at the end of the dynamite section where you know if there was ever a time to to break up these five it it is now it makes sense jericho's injured uh fozzy's getting ready to go back on tour uh you know hager has mma sammy's due for uh, a really strong singles run for the tnt title perhaps uh how proud and powerful haven't had the tag team belts around their waists at all yet is baffling to me. Um, but at the same time, they lost blood and guts. You know, the storytelling says that they'll get one up on the pinnacle this time around. It would, I would be very surprised if inner circle lost two back to back stadium stampede matches. And this is, I mean, essentially, this is Jericho's match. He kind of came up with it last year, leading into the to the match with the Elite, right? So, I I'm really I'm really hesitant to choose Pinnacle here for those reasons. I want to choose Inner Circle for those reasons, but this tour, this Fozzy tour, is really weighing on me. I feel like I tried to use a Fozzie tour as a reason for Jericho to lose before and it didn't turn out that way or did it turn out that way? But then we got the pandemic. So he came back early. Is that what happened? I can't remember. I can't remember now. So I know I'm, 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 ooh, like, I'm going inner circle. Final answer. Wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, you, you said it exactly, uh, you know, those are all facts. I, and when we, I had made all my picks early on in the first hour of the show, and then we get to this last segment and Inner Circle is talking about, well, if we don't win, it's been a great ride and all these things. And then the pinnacle comes and they have like, the one up and and i mean the pinnacle's new so to to give them a loss i think is 
is rough. And, and I now I'm just I'm doubting. I picked I picked IC to win. And at at this point in the show, I'm just now like wondering, you know, is, is that a good pick anymore? For all the reasons that that you just said. But I think to make this competition we can't have all the same picks i'm looking to the rest of the matches and it's it's very obvious so i'm going to change my pick i'm going to go with the pinnacle i think i think that inner circle could break up with a win or a loss actually they they could win this and then go okay we did what we needed to do and and now we're going to disband anyways it wasn't even about that but i think the pinnacle are the the next big thing and um, this is going to be the demise of, of Inner Circle. You're going to hate me. So now that you made your pick, I got a bonus point for the table. I don't know if you noticed the uh, the music that I chose for the break leading into Double or Nothing predictions. But bonus point, Mike Tyson shows up, helps out the Inner Circle to get the win. Wow. I do hate you. Why, why do you think that? Like what? Just because he was involved before? Or? Yeah, he was involved before. There is the, you know, the apparent handshake. You know, he's there. He's with Jericho. You know, although the year before they were kind of leading towards a feud with them, they kind of rewrote things uh, for the comeback from the pandemic. I think Mike Tyson involved for a bonus point. If he helps Inner Circle or not, that doesn't matter. But Mike Tyson will be a part of the stadium stampede in some way. Okay. So does that mean I get a bonus point? If you want. I can make a prediction on this match. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Always. Bonus points are bonus points. Okay. So I'm I'm not going to change my pick. I'm still going Pinnacle. But if Inner Circle wins. You're hedging your bets here. Or the bonus point. I see will have to disband because the pinnacle is going to go to Tony Khan and say that it was a cheat. There'll be some way that they still have to disband. So that, that will be my bonus point is I, and I guess we won't be able to calculate this until later on. It'll be like the Wednesday after. So they'll get the win to sort of save face, but then they'll still have to break up. Right. Okay. Okay. Agreed. Moving on, we have the TNT Championship match. Miro taking on the Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer. You're up on this one. Miro. Miro. I don't see him losing it. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lance Archer doesn't need it. He's been putting over guys since he walked in here. He had, He's, you know, really hasn't done much in the way of going for titles or whatnot. And yeah, I think Miro needs it. I think he needs it and it just seems goofy if he loses it right away. So Yeah, absolutely. It totally it totally shits on this character that he's built over the last month since leaving Kip. Yeah, and I just can't think of a, a way and, and unless it's a, a Kip gets revenge type thing, then that'll make sense. But we know that Kip's kind of on the shelf right now. So, right. You know, yeah. does he have something in him to, to do an interrupt? I just, I don't, 
So he drops the belt and now he's feuding with Kip. I just don't see that being a enticing match. Yeah. To to look forward to. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm sticking with Miro. I think there are ways to put this on Lance, but I don't know. Now's not the time. I, I think Miro's more important. Like you said, he needs it more. Miro needs the belt more than Lance does at this point. Absolutely. AEW Tag Team Championship match. Young Bucks versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I mean, as much as I love Moxley and Eddie Kingston, two guys that do not need tag team belts around their waist, I think whoever's going to knock Young Bucks off uh, for, for the championships, is it's going to be somebody... It's going to be a legit tag team. It's going to be a proud and powerful. It's going to be, a, you know, Varsity Blondes or something, you know. Like, it's going to be one of the tag teams, if not somebody we haven't seen before. So, Young Bucks all the way on this one. Yeah, I really see this match for the Young Bucks as kind of uh, fulfilling a, a dream. Like, they're in this place where they can pick and choose their matches and they can fight anyone they want to. And you you have this, this guy, John Moxley, who... I mean, seems to be out there as, you know, this legend. Didn't really get the spotlight he should have in in the vanilla brand. And now is like, you know, top, the one of the top guys out there. So I, I think this is the Young Bucks just, I want to wrestle you and I want to wrestle you. And, and that's, you know, maybe what we're going to see for the next little while. So... Yeah, it's got to be the Young Bucks. I, I can't see them putting the straps on Kingston and, and Moxley here. Yeah. And if they did, like, the Young Bucks are winning them right back, like, on Dynamite the next day, like, the next week or something like that. They'll they'll do some kind of EVP stuff. It, it, could, it could stand for some good story just for the shock value. Like, holy crap, these guys actually beat the Young Bucks. But I don't see them doing that. I think a, Tony Khan's smart. And he knows that those little gimmick title changes like that never really work out in the long run. It's not worth the little shock and awe for the moment. So, yeah, Young Bucks all the way. Because it's just a backlash at the end of it, right? Like Zack Ryder. Like people were going insane when he won. And then it's just like this company sucks when they took it away from him. Yeah, yeah, Tony ain't going to do that. Moving on, AEW Women's World Championship, Hikaru Shida with the brand new diamond encrusted belt taking on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. My pick. Um, I think Shida is going to, you know, have a, a five-year reign. I think they're going for the the record of all time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted your reaction. Everybody else is, you know, unsubscribed from the podcast. This guy right? doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh I, I cannot see Britt Baker not winning this title. This is the time. Um, we have fans. I hope she's gets a, a sword to the to the forehead and she's just gushing blood like crazy since it's kind of her gimmick now. Um, or rips a tooth out of Sheeta's mouth. Like I, I just think this is gonna be a nasty match. And in the end. We're we're gonna see this this new era in wrestling, and uh, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be one of the best matches of the night. This 
this has been building for a year. This match, ever since the match in front of no fans, Sheeta versus Britt Baker. Britt Baker gets her nose busted open. She's bleeding all over the place. This moment has been building since then. She started going heel at the Jericho Cruise before the pandemic, but it was that moment of her breaking her nose and bleeding and staring into the camera and laughing that this character of Dr. Britt Baker DMD really took off and she's been getting better and better and better and better. This is Britt Baker's moment. I mentioned to you last night, there's only one title change in hands on Sunday and it's this one. Britt Baker all the way. This is her moment. If they swerve us and Cheetah pulls this out, I will riot in my basement. I will tip over a bookshelf, a fan. I got some lighting here I can tip over. Pretty cheap stuff. So, like, I'm all about trash in my basement if Cheetah <laughs> wins here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides probably this next match, this is the, the easiest one to pick. In my opinion, I don't know that anybody has Sheeta. And, and now that, you know, you're talking here, I'm thinking, you know, this will actually be better if Sheeta is just a bloody mess and she kind of gets a redemption. Yeah, uh, they could do it that way too. Yeah. They can't squash her though. No, no, no. I, I think this is going to be a, a long one. It's going to go back and forth. Um, There's going to be some false finishes like, like crazy here. Um, I'm um, sure Aubrey bleed this match. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Not necessarily for bonus points, unless you have an idea how this match will go. But, I mean, Reba, Rebel, is going to be involved. Um, I wonder I wonder if, if Rebel gets involved, and that's what leads, you know, Aubrey's distracted, the crutch across the back, that leads to directly to the win does that tarnish Britt Baker or does it escalate Britt Baker I think I feel like that escalates her because she is the heel it just adds that extra heat that will allow rematches to come into play because you can build off that story which she'll just win anyways so I don't want a bonus point for it but I, I'm thinking Rebel leads to the win here yeah I'm kind of torn on that I see what you're saying there. But to me with her promos in being the a new era in wrestling and whatnot, I don't know that you can go that route. Right. It, it makes it sound all ridiculous. If the face thing is one thing, right? I'm the face of that and you cheat and steal and it's kind of a farce. But I think saying that like she is the next wave of wrestling, it needs to be legit. So I guess it just depends on on where they want to go with that. Yeah, for sure. No, both both situations are super plausible. So, yeah, Britt Baker all the way. AEW World Championship triple threat match, Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, the Bastard Pack. Uh, this one's me, I guess. Hey, I'm picking? Jeez, uh, you know. 2% bet. <laughs> no, uh, this is Kenny Omega. This all the way. This is just the fact that they bring in the, the, it's a triple threat. That's just to add that little bit of doubt that, you know, Kenny can lose this match 
without ever being pinned. You know, it keeps him strong. Like, that's just going to be in people's minds. But to take that belt off of him as the collector is just getting started, it just makes no sense. So Kenny Omega is going to win this. I think it's going to be an absolute spectacular match. I think a lot of people are are kind of putting this one away, but I, I do believe with Pack and Orange Cassidy and the match that they put on in Revolution uh, last year, I, I don't think Pac's going to make the same mistake uh, by dunking uh, Orange Cassidy on his head again, which kind of ruined that match on Dynamite last week. I think this is going to be a wicked clean match, and then you throw Kenny Omega, the best in the business, the god himself. This is going to be an absolute spectacular match, and it's not, it's not a lot... It's not often that the championship match is the best match of the night. But I think this is going to be the exception. I think this match will really blow people away. And especially since a lot of people are kind of going into it with lower expectations. So, But Kenny Omega is my pick. Yeah, uh, the collector gimmick cannot be denied. The, the open door is not a government conspiracy. It's a real thing. And... Um, we, we have to see it through. So, yeah, it, it can't be anybody other than than Kenny here. It'll be really interesting how they do the match, and I'm already, like, playing certain scenarios, and the fact that it's a triple threat, I think, just leads to some, some really good moments. Like, I'm thinking Kenny just wasted laying on the top of the stage or something, uh, Pac just gave him a brutalizer and and then going for the pin on Orange Cassidy and then the Good Brothers, you know, interrupt the count somehow. Like, we're going to see those types of false finishes. Uh, it, it's going to be an exciting one. And this, um, you know, we're thinking this has got to be the, the main event, right? Which might be hard to follow that Rip Baker match, depending on right. where they put that, but... They may, they may want to put that women's match in the middle just so we kind of have some time cool to down. forget about it yeah, before. Cool down from it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, talk about stealing the show. Sheeta and Britt Baker definitely could. Um, I want to say that after Kenny wins, with Sammy Callahan in the building and was part of the Casino Battle Royale, that Moose makes an appearance here. Because there's going to be a lot of eyes on Double or Nothing. We know that. It's going to do a million buys. At least. Why not have Moose come out and confront Kenny at the end of the show to help build for Under Siege? Or not Under Siege. What's the next one? A Chance a chance at Redemption? I don't know. They have way too many names. But this um, <laughs> this next pay-per-view that's coming up on June 12th. Why not start the build now at double or nothing? Get a lot of eyes for impact. Right. So that's bonus point. I mean, if you have something to to counteract it, if you want to give it to me. But yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a good one. Um I have two uh possible ideas here for the end of this show. I'm thinking one that's you know not totally plausible, probably in anybody's mind, but equally does what what you're suggesting here with moose is brian danielson what if he was to to come out 
get the yes chant or that would be an amazing way to end the show and maybe give some validity to what we've been seeing on these these trailers to the next impact the slam anniversary anniversary yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, but i'm gonna say uh, christian cage comes out for uh some kind of face off right with his poker chip wins. in hand that's a good one. Oh, right yeah i never thought of that isn't that no that was the ladder match that was the brian cage ladder match that had the poker chip i guess the battle royale doesn't really have that but it would be a cool visual i guess <laughs> totally totally all right, so you're going with Christian Cage face-off at the end of the show. I'm going with Moose face-off for some bonus points. That all sounds really good. Yeah, I mean, we we pretty much have to do bonus points here to, to get some sort of difference in. Right. I mean, I guess it's picks, all coming right? down to Stadium Stampede as well as you having that uh, that bonus point from, uh, um, what was the special there a couple weeks ago? Blood and Guts. With the pinnacle winning blood and guts, you have that bonus point leading in. So it's interesting. You're up one nothing. We have a lot of the same, but I think uh, I think with inner circle winning and Mike Tyson being a part of it, I think that's going to be my edge. That's how I'm going to get it back. So we'll see how it all plays out this Sunday. Pay per view, double or nothing, live from Daly's Place with a full capacity crowd. It's going to be electric gonna be a banger go buy it don't be a rat and download it uh support wrestling because this is what's gonna get us through these uh strange times you bet we're talking about you Corey. stay off the pirate sites jays <laughs> if you want to join the discord call you can we can watch it together I'll buy it for you. I owe you a couple after your streams always shit out and then we end up buying it anyways. I, I think I owe you a couple pay-per-views. So come join us. Double or nothing Sunday. Can't wait. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. We're on all the major podcast networks. Leave us those five-star ratings and we'll catch you all next week to talk about double or nothing aftermath it's going to be epic peace, peace.